When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. The Minnesota Vikings have been around since 1961. And we just want them to win a damn Super Bowl before we die. Welcome to Before We Die with Jesse and Thor on Purple Daily and Score North. Hello, everybody. We are here with Before We Die on Purple Daily and Score North, your Thursday edition. Hopefully you checked out Monday's edition where we kind of put a wrap and a bow on your four-in-one Minnesota Vikings. Who, guys? are set to face the Miami Dolphins. I'm Jesse Pierce from NHL.com, Bard on Beauty's podcast. Go wild hockey opener tonight as well. But uh, we're taking Vikings. The Vikings first broke my heart in 1998, along with the rest of you. I still jam out to that KDWB. Uh, we're going to Miami song, even though it never happened. He's Thor Nystrom from Fantasy Pros and Betting Pros, constantly losing money on the Vikings, occasionally winning, though, Thor? Always winning. Mostly oh. winning. Most he lies. Well, he lies. Not, <laughs> yeah, whatever, Thor. Fine. That's cool. Uh, and Ross Brendel, our producer, he enjoys Vikings pain because, Ross, why? Let's me know I'm still alive. We're all still alive again. This is Purple Dailies Before We Die on Score North. So, guys, teased it already a little bit. No, not the Minnesota Wilds opener, which is going to be great, guys. It's going to be fantastic. But football, Minnesota Vikings visiting the Miami Dolphins, which at the beginning of the year, was a big uh oh what are they gonna do this is gonna be a tough one but now you have te- no you don't have Tua oh no you don't have Teddy nope now you have something called a Skyler Thompson starting at quarterback for the Dolphins um let's just start right there and we'll get into the number of injuries that the Miami Dolphins have did I say Thompson it's t- yeah that's what I said right guys yeah We're you fine. had it I'm second guessing myself because I always am overcorrecting on the name so is it uh, Rager or Raygor? <laughs> I mean, if you ask uh, ask our friend Thor, it's Ray Raygor, right? Yeah. 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 Anyways, yeah. <laughs> rookie quarterback. On. Don't drag yeah. me into this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, rookie quarterback Skylar Thompson to start. Does that make you nervous at all? Are you going to see a standout rookie showing from Skylar, or is it going to be about what you might expect it to be? Well, those are two different questions. Am I concerned? <laughs> no, uh-uh. no, I'm not. Um, but could he be, could he acquit himself better than he did last week against the Jets? Where he did not look very good against the Jets when he came on in relief of Teddy. Uh, the Vikings defense could facilitate that. I, you know, I, I saw some things on Twitter, some, some knuckleheads making some jokes about how the, the Vikings were going to turn Skyler into a, a rookie of the year candidate. Uh, but I, you know, I like overall, I'm I'm not concerned about like I've seen plenty of Skylar Thompson. As you guys know, I'm a, I'm a I'm a Kansas grad who covers college football for a living. I I watch plenty of Kansas State football 
Skylar Thompson, uh, you know, I, I think I, I just briefly mentioned this, hit on this in the last show, but he's got a little bit of athleticism. He's got a decent arm, but he's coming from a non-pro style offense. He he flashed in the, in the preseason a little bit, but against these vanilla defenses, against guys that were summarily cut, right? Like because he when Skylar Thompson was coming in in the preseason, of you know, invariably was he was he was playing against third stringers or four stringers or whatever. Uh, we saw last week he he was playing against a team that wasn't very good and they they whipped him. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm not concerned about Skylar Thompson, no. I mean, Skylar Thompson, a seventh round pick in 2022, but Ross, it's just past April. Know- it's, yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. But we also know how Minnesota tends to do against backups, but like this is the backup to the backup. So maybe that trend stops now. Yeah. Maybe it gets thrown out the window or maybe the gut punch is twice as painful. I guess we'll find out <laughs> on Sunday. I'm not super worried. This is a road game in the sense that it's obviously not in Minneapolis. It's not in London. It's a true road game, but I do expect there to be plenty of Minnesota Vikings fans there, as there almost always are when the Vikings go on the road. But there's always more in Arizona, in Florida, and on the coast. So I don't know if it's a true, true road game. So I have some confidence that Vikings fans will travel, help out the local 22. What Thor talked about with Skyler's athleticism That's what scares me a little bit based off of what we've seen from Vikings teams, not only this year, but in recent history in the last few years, taking on those quarterbacks like Justin Fields, Russell Wilson, those guys that can move and get outside of the pocket and make plays. I'm interested to see what type of offense Miami draws up for Skyler now that they've had a week to prepare, knowing that he is the guy. I expect that the Vikings will figure it out, but I definitely think there'll be some wrinkles put into play by the Miami Dolphins offense that you haven't seen just because they know they're going to have to do a lot of things to help out their quarterback. But also I expect to see the Dolphins run the ball an awful lot. Raheem Mostert ran for almost 100 yards last week. The Vikings are giving up the 10th most yards in the NFL to running backs heading into this game. I think the Vikings are going to see a heavy dose of the ground game. I don't know how I feel about that based off of what we've seen from the Vikings defense so far this year. Mm -hmm. If they can't stop the run and the run gets going, well, that's going to open up things for our buddy Skylar Thompson. So we'll, we'll see how it goes overall. I'm confident and optimistic, but yes, the Vikings fan in me is mildly terrified that another quarterback nobody's ever heard of is going to make a name for himself. You know, you just, you never, ever know. Ross, you had mentioned going down to Miami. Um, and We're going is, to Miami. We like Welcome that. to Miami. Bienvenido, ami, ami. Anyway, um, that is home for Delvin Cook. However, he had a great, they said it, saying it's always good getting back to some warm weather. Minnesota is upon us right now. As you can tell by the way I'm dressed, which I'm assuming he was wearing a uh, sweatshirt of some sort like us Minnesotans tend to do because it is cold today uh, along with the stocking cap. He also said it's going to be a good Sunday. Go down there, play some football, get a win and get out of there. Uh, Is it going to be another big game for Delvin? We saw some really fantastic, fantastic things last week. Is it going to be another Delvin game? I think so. Yeah. I mean, we'll, we'll get to the, the props here in a little bit with uh, Thor's <laughs> hammer, but spoiler alert, I'm going to be going over on the, the Delvin rushing, uh, his rushing prop. 
Delvin been, I mean, last week he looked really, really good. And the offensive line is, is coalescing, you know, it's, it's gone in conjunction with that. So I would expect a, a, a big game from Delvin. And also, I mean, a, a part of the reason I think that is because of the way that I think the game script will go, that part of the, you know, the, the, the way that I think this game's going to go with, with the Vikings controlling it. I, I think the second half, you're going to see a lot of running. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think the other thing that bodes well for your Minnesota Vikings heading into Miami on Sunday injuries. I mean, we're kind of getting to that point of the season where injuries are catching up with a lot of teams, namely Miami, who has a long, long list of players on their injury report compared to the just a few for the Minnesota Vikings. Limited participation for the Vikings, Darius Smith, Alexander Matson, Caleb Evans. Uh, everybody else had participated. Full participation, Jalen Naylor, who had a hamstring uh, issue. However, the big one that Miami is obviously questioning, is he going to be good to go wide receiver Tyreek Hill? Uh, he was in full participation at practice with a quad foot injury. How do we feel? Do we think Tyreek is going to be good to go and active on Sunday, or are the Vikings going to luck out and uh, miss out on Hill running up a couple yards, possible touchdowns? Well, the, the Dolphins, I mean, t- I read re- the reports today of what they were saying today. They're they're displaying public optimism that he's going to be on the field and he's going to be active and he's, he's going to be playing in this game. But keep in mind, he was in a walking boot last week. He's got this, mm-hmm. this left foot injury. His entire game, it's not predicated on ball skills and beating people with the ball in the air. It's predicated on his athleticism. Any depreciation of either his movement or his straight line speed, it, it depreciates his overall utility. So any, I mean, if, if we're getting 90% of, of Tyreek Hill or, or 85%, which I assume we will be if, if, if he's going to play, uh, that also plays in, in the Vikings' favor. This is, I mean, both Hill and Waddle are the exact type of receivers that terrify me as a Vikings fan because the, the outside corners that the Vikings have, that's the thing that scares you, is them trailing the, the extremely explosive, shifty guys in the open field. Well, if, if Tyree Kill either doesn't play or, or his, his, you know, his, his athleticism has taken a shot, uh, that's that's a very good thing for the Vikings. Well, and I would say this too to at least try and give Ed Donatel some props because Please the last don't. few weeks on this <laughs> pod we haven't been too kind to him. This is what his defense is supposed to do. It's supposed to keep guys like Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle in front of you and minimize the big play. So if both of those guys play, in theory, Ed Donatel's defense should be able to limit the big plays over top. What I'm worried about is the 7 to 10 catches that are caught underneath that go from 8 yards to 15 to 20 yards Mm -hmm. because you don't have guys in position to make tackles. If both of those guys play, Tyreek Hill, excuse me, that one guy plays, if Tyreek Hill plays and Jalen Waddle's playing like we believe him to be playing and we know he's playing, the Vikings have to figure out how to slow them down. And if, by the way, if Tyreek Hill doesn't play and Skylar Thompson is the starting quarterback, it is a massive failure if the Vikings can't win the game. You need, you should win this game irregardless. You need to win it if Tyreek Hill's not playing. I mean, I know I'm happy that Tyreek, if Tyreek Hill doesn't play because I'm going up against him in this week's fantasy football matchup. And we all know how much I truly admire my fantasy team. My fantasy football. Obligatory fantasy football mention. 
I force it even more now just so we can play that mm. uh, that little bit because I love it. I love it. But that's a true story. I am going up against Tyree Kill, and I really wish he – I hope he doesn't play for that reason. Uh, beyond that, uh, again, Miami Dolphins coach Mike McDaniel had this to say about their injury in adversity in our second. They said it. They said it. I love these. I love them. I love them. <laughs> Quote, being in the National Football League, whether you're a coach or a player, is hard. All things are worth achieving are hard. I think we I think I would feel guilt and feel as though I was shortchanging the Dolphins and the team if I was spending any time thinking about how hard it is. I mean, that's what you gotta do, I guess, right? That's a great statement from a coach. I mean, it is. It's hard. It's gonna be hard week in and week out, no matter who you have who you have playing, who you have starting at quarterback. This is just especially hard, I think, for Miami, especially when they started out so strong and looked so good behind Tua, uh, you know, and and I'm kind of bummed. I like Teddy. We all like Teddy still, right? I mean, you still feel for Teddy, uh, but it's going to be a really a very, very uphill battle, especially with a defense that is now, again, trying to stop Justin Jefferson, who continues to be on the up and up. Speaking of JJ, are the uh, are the Dolphins up for that challenge? Are they going to be able to put the pressure on Jefferson and, and slow him down? Because again, we saw him really open it up. Credit to Kirk Cousins as well for uh, for throwing some some dime passes too. No, they're not. <laughs> uh, the Dolphins secondary is not good. The the strength of their defense it, it's the run defense. I'm more bullish on Delvin because of the way I, I think the game is is going to go. Like I was mentioning earlier, earlier, but the enormous mismatch in this game it's it's the Vikings receivers mm-hmm. against the defensive backfield of the Miami Dolphins. If Kirk Cousins is clicking on Sunday, uh, they are going to pile up yardage through the air. And yeah, I. I expect a big game from Jefferson, unless Miami wants to do the thing of, of we're going to th- the two defenders on him the entire game, in which case the rest of the Vikings offensive players should have big games. Yeah, Thor, we've talked about this before. If Justin Jefferson doesn't have a big game, that means he's being schemed to be doubled and tripled. That's right. That means your Irv Smiths, your Adam Thielens, your KJ Osborns, your Johnny Munts. I'll say this just for fun. Tis the season of ham, your CJ hams. <laughs> they should be making extra catches and racking up the yards. It's it's one or the other, right? Either JJ's dominating the game or everybody else's. And I'm hopeful that this offense is going to get to that point where each game we're going to know they're going to come out and score at least 24 points. And if they do that, then I think you'll start to feel more comfortable about the defense because then it's not the defense has to stop everybody. It's, oh, the defense just has to be good enough to slow the other team down a little bit that being said can the vikings do that we have talked about especially secondary defense i mean last week we saw against the bears a comeback 19 straight points you can't hold the lead i mean minnesota did everything right to start that game and it's exactly what we projected i'm expecting the same exact thing to happen in miami but can they hold on to it can we not have a close game can we have a game that the spread is you know more than seven can we can we beat that spread can we out kick that uh, what do you guys think? Is it going to be another close one or are the Vikings going to finally put the pedal down and not let up? I'm going to take the Vikings to cover. I'm I'm surprised with what's happened with the line. It, it was, it was three and a half. And when they announced that Skylar Thompson was going to start, I thought for sure it was going to toggle up to five real quick. It's actually has gone to three at, at a whole bunch mm-hmm. of different books, which uh, might provide a Vikings going to Viking, I guess, huh? Well, I, maybe the market, that's what they expect based on historical precedent. But uh, back to Ross's point, I mean, like if, if the Vikings do lose to this team that has 18 players listed on its injury report, including numerous key contributors and starters, uh, it, that would that would be very bad, uh, very, very bad. And going up against the rookie seventh round pick, 
going back to Skylar Thompson's game, there are physical tools there, but again, he doesn't know how to learn uh, how to read NFL defenses yet. There, there's no way, and it's not his fault. There's no way he could have at this point because again, he was you know he's in the Big Twelve last year. He played five years in college. He was playing in a non-pro style offense. The the other the issue with Skylar Thompson's game and the reason that a whole bunch of draft guys knocked him down, he puts the ball up for grabs too often, makes wonky decisions too often, and he also has a fumbling problem. Um, I, I believe in the last game, I wasn't watching it live, but I believe he had a key fumble in his first extended action last, last weekend, which is was sort of part and parcel of, of his time at Kansas State over over his uh, five years at Kansas State. Uh, according to PFF, he had 63 big-time throws, which that, that was solid, but he had 41 turnover-worthy throws, which is elevated over the amount of throws that he had during that time. I think you can expect the, the Vikings defense to get a couple of turnovers in this game. I mean, if they don't, it, it again, doesn't it wouldn't speak well to them if they don't. Thor, don't the Vikings have to figure out a way, whether it's with the, the front three or however you want to term it, front four, or by blitzing, you have to put pressure on this kid. Yeah. You have to speed the game up for him. And don't just assume that he's going to make those mistakes with your uh, on a shell soft defense. You got to force the issue and make him feel uncomfortable. You don't have to blitz every play. That's not what I'm saying, but you got to figure out a way to make him uncomfortable and make him uncomfortable early. Don't let the Dolphins hang around. Don't do what you did with the Chicago Bears. To Jesse's point, you can scroll back through the Vikings the last five years. You can count on basically two hands how many one score ga- or how many more than one score games they play in. For the love of all that is holy, beat somebody handily. Just mm-hmm. let us watch a game in comfort. Yeah. I know, right? Well, and I mean, keeping on the defense or keeping down on that defense, Minnesota, obviously, they're 14th in points allowed at 20.4 points per per game, but they struggle to ever get off the field. They are 20th and third down percentage at 36.2% and 29th in red zone percentage at 76.9, allowing 10 touchdowns on 13 drives that made it to the red zone. Like, it needs to stop. And I mean, with that being said, where we're at in the season do you think it's possible or likely even that Minnesota decides to maybe fix the defense via the trade deadline that is fast approaching or is that, I mean, we can dive more into this as that gets closer and closer, but I think again, against Miami, it's another good test. Like what can we fix? Who can we move? Chris Boyd comes to mind. Yeah. Well, yeah. And to the point about if, if the STFU, Jesse, yeah. STFU. Yeah. I'm not touching that one. I don't want Boyd to come after me, but I mean, to, to the point about the trade, I, I was on uh, write that down yesterday. And one of my three predictions was the Vikings will make a trade before the deadline. It makes all kinds of sense. Quasi was very aggressive during the draft and he was very aggressive around cut day. I think leading up to the trade deadline, you're going to see him get aggressive again. Um, he ain't going to uh, force anything. I don't mm-hmm. think. But he is going to call everybody. He is going to check in with every team that has an asset that he thinks might might help the Vikings. And if it doesn't break the bank to, to, to do it, I, I think he's going to go out and get it. And I think the, the two positions to look at, it's inline tight end. 
and Jesse, you alluded to it. It's it, it's cornerback. Uh, both uh, they could use an outside corner. They could also use a slot corner. Don't mm-hmm. tell Shannon Sullivan I said that. I don't want him <laughs> to come after me either. The, the Vikings secondary is the, the, there's a sensitivity problem there as well. Mm-hmm. A little yeah. bit, I think so. A Can't little get so sensitive. Emotional. You're there. just let's get it together, you guys. I mean, yeah. come on. Uh, yeah, you know this will bring us to my next favorite point. My first something I forgot to mention. I am, you know, the only thing that scares me about the Dolphins is that they removed the ping pong table in order to really focus and hone in on the game. I found that just such a stupid story. I saw that too. That's so ridiculous. (laughs) Like we have to make a big deal that we will not be playing ping pong so we can prepare. Like the the Vikings, by the way, you know, like all the reporters that have been in that building, that all the TVs they had and all the the nice fireplaces in, in the facility, they were always off during the Zimmer era. And so a lot of them were commenting when they went in with O'Connell as the coach. Now they're all on, and, and they were making the jokes of like, oh, the TVs work. Has that hurt the Vikings' concentration and their performance so far? This is so stupid. Even the idea that a professional athlete whose entire livelihood is based on the work he does on the field, that a friggin' ping-pong game is going to distract him from it insults the intelligence of every person out there that has to read that story. And it's ridiculous that the team even puts it out there to try to be like, oh, yeah, we're going we're gonna to get back on track after we just got our butts kicked by the Jets because we're getting rid of those ping pong tables. <laughs> Maybe get a little game of pelts going. I don't know. You'll be fine, right? Just toughen up. You're going to get a game, get a game of, pelt of pelt on Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> Boom. And we're back in. With that, I'd like to bring up today's Thor's Hammers. Yeah. Thor's Hammers. All righty, let's get let's get going. Okay, so the the first one, Kirk Cousins passing yardage prop, two hundred and sixty nine and a half yards. Jesse, we'll start with you. Over or under? Under. Okay, Ross. I'll go under too. I am also going to go under. So we we don't often get the we the don't often all agreement. agree. Yes. Okay, uh, we're but we're all going under. Um, De- the Delvin Cook rushing prop, which I I had mentioned earlier is set at it opened at 73 and a half yards jesse over or under over okay. over yeah over we have Another agreement on the cooking. panel again i i'm i'm going over as well um the next one justin jefferson we were just talking about him his receiving yardage prop number is 89 and a half jesse over or under over I got to go under unless he's monopolizing the less than 269. I'll go under. This is a tough one for reasons that we've talked about before, because the opposing team by their strategy can put it under, but they, then they mm-hmm. could leave themselves exposed on the back end. But I'm going to go over on, on Jefferson um, right, just because the Dolphin secondary is, is that bad. Um, next one, Adam Thielen's receiving prop is 52 and a half yards for Sunday. Jesse, over or under? I mean, I put all those, that money in the bank on Thielen last week, and it just <laughs> went the complete opposite of what You're, I Are you going to turn on him? Would you say it was 52? Uh, 52 and a half. Yeah, he'd, he'd, yeah, turn on it. Maybe he'll do better then. Maybe it's me. It's my reverse jinx. I like to do that oh, in okay. a lot of places. Like so, yep, under. So, you're going under, Ross? He'll go over. That's one 30, 40-yard shot and another catch and run. He'll go over. This is probably the hardest one for me. I'm I'm right on the line of this one, but I'm going to just shade it under. 
And I had one last one for today because it's been in the news about Greg Joseph has missed the, what is it, the last four 50-plus yard attempts or whatever. We love, Ross, I know you love talking about Greg Joseph. So I had I had to sneak this one in. Longest field goal made on Sunday, over or under 46 and a half yards. Now this one, it's both teams. So it's not just Joseph, it's also the Dolphins. But Jesse, longest field goal, 46 and a half yards, over or under? Over. Okay. Who's kicking for the Dolphins? Is it still uh, Jason Sanders? Sanders? Are we going to get some some advanced uh, analysis I, of the? I that's not a super hard stadium to kick in. The Dolphins oh, are going like to want this. the Dolphins are going to want points any way they can get them. So I think the Dolphins will attempt probably a field goal beyond fifty yards. That's true. And I'm, is this attempt? Sorry, I'm re- no, no. It's no, make, make, but make, make, yes. But I'm reasonably confident there'll be two field goals attempted farther than forty-seven yards, and one of the two kickers will make them. So I'll take that. It is. It is Jason Sanders. Last week he had a, a forty-six yard. So field Sanders goal. or Saunders? I'm a. I'm it's a great. And it's, it's definitely Sanders. I'm um, a great place kicker, mind. His his longest field goal of the year is 49 yards. So so it is cutting it close, you know, especially with Joseph's struggles with the long ones. I'm also going to go over. I'm bullish on you, Greg Joseph. Ross may have started to doubt you a little bit, but there is no doubt on this end. I'm going over. The I secondary mean, yeah. can tell me to STFU, but not you, Greg Joseph. I believe in you, too. There won't uh, be the door problem there uh, in Miami. Speaking of STFU, we have plenty of YouTube comments that we'd like to share with you guys Uh-oh. as well. Uh, Ross, hit us with some of those YouTube comments. Let me uh, first play that wonderful open. I hit the wrong button. I'm, Man. You know, one of these days I'll learn how to be an Jacqueline award-winning never, producer. Oh, well, let's not start with that. <laughs> comments from YouTube. All right. All right. All right. All right. This is from my new stepdad. Like Daniil is being wasted. The way we're using him, he's an overpaid backup outside linebacker. Get his hands back in the turf and let's go. I like it. Is Guys, really your new stepdad? Respect. Uh, oh, my, no, no, no. That's the name. <laughs> That's the, that's the name of the comment. Oh, that's not your stepdad. <laughs> no. Okay. No. Okay. Oh, that was awesome. That was awesome. That was real. I, uh, God, so the real, the real question here, Jesse and Thor, is Daniil currently being wasted yes. from my new stepdad on YouTube? Yes, stepdad. Ross's stepdad. He is. He is, <laughs> he, is, he, is he is being wasted. I mean. But, like, we, you know, it was like this experiment. We didn't know how it was going to go, right? Like, you know, he's the stud 4-3 defensive end. You, I mean, some of the guys, you transition to the 3-4 rushing outside linebacker, and it goes like gangbusters. The hope is that eventually and hopefully real soon that it's going to convert into that. But, yeah, it just hasn't been so far. But the, the problem with it, that the, the guy, uh, the stepdad, he mentioned that, you know, put his hand back in the dirt. The problem with that is you can't play him as a 3-4 interior defensive lineman. Mm-hmm. It's not his game. He's too light. His game is based on the athleticism and the and the movement on the outside and, and the bag of tricks he got on the outside. In the 3-4 defense, you need those three guys to be the war daddies. Yeah. They're not out there getting the sacks. They're out there banging people's heads, occupying the, the offensive linemen so that the linebackers can flow and make the tackles. Mm-hmm. That's not Daniil's game. So, I mean, if, if, if this doesn't work out this year – 
then maybe you consider trading him in the offseason because certainly four three teams would line up for his services. Right. But yeah, right right now we're we're still waiting. Slow acclimation I mean, process. Well, exactly. And I think didn't Ed Dontel say that this week too? He said he's gotta get acclimated. He's expecting that Hunter was gonna come out like this, have a little skimpier of a start. I think the concerning factor is he is the second highest paid player on the Minnesota Vikings. So you hate to see that literally the money go to waste, but I do feel like that there is Jesse, a breakout. Jesse, I, I do have to correct you. Dead cap is dead money. Highest. Yeah. Dead money is the second highest paid player. Uh, Daniel Hunter is third. Uh, Fair. Yeah, d- All right. Cap is having a, a decent actual, year. actual player. <laughs> yeah. He's the second highest. Actual player. Exactly. Sorry, guys. This, Apologies. Apologies. This, this next one's a bit long winded, but I like the question. So stick with me here. This is from Bart Wyden on the YouTube machine. Our defense is a mix of three players on their last leg. A couple of mismatch players to the three, four, and some rookies and others are injured and not ready to take over. The three, four of Ed's is meant to be, or is meant to help compensate. The personnel isn't there or available for a much better defense. It will have to be gutted this off season to make room for current rookies and additional draft choices. So the question, is it, too early to judge Ed Anatel? Because there's no D, guys. There's in no Donatel. In, in case you've missed any of our most recent episodes of Before We Die, that's where that's coming from. I, I'll um, actually answer this first if you don't yeah, mind. It's, yeah. I don't... It's not too early to have questions. I, I think this could be... Unless it was the worst defense in the NFL... Ed Donatel's not getting fired after this year. Even if it's a porous, bad defense, they're gonna. There's a reason why they hired him. They're gonna give him a chance for at least two seasons to make this work. So it's it's too early to call for the guy's dismissal. For as much as I've been ripping him, I would agree with that. It's not too early to say, okay, you don't have the players for the scheme you want to run. Could you try and run a scheme for the players that you do have? Mm-hmm. That's what I would say. Yeah, I, I, I don't think that that's a. I mean, like you can do the. Th- there's other teams that run the multiple fronts, right? So on some plays, you're you're you have the four man front, right? And then maybe you have two off ball linebackers, or you know, I mean, like you. I mean, you you can switch it around. However, I, I suppose in their base they, they do have the two with with the two edge rushers, but you can you can switch the configuration around if you want. But Donatello hasn't done that so far, right? Like he's just stuck with the three, four. I don't think that would be a bad idea. But to the to the uh, the guy who asked the question, to, to his point, th- that's the one caveat that you give to. to well, I, I suppose there's two caveats: is the talent isn't like awesome, you know, like the 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 best defensive players they have, they're they're aging, and then so, some of the defensive starters they have, they're guys that they're actively looking to replace. For instance, Cam Bynum. It's why he used the the first uh, round pick on on Louis Zine. Um, but you know, so you give them that caveat and then also the, the transition period from the four, three to the three, four, but I, I totally agree with what, what Ross said. It was, it was well said that it is not too early to have questions about Ed Donatel. And certainly we have been asking them week by week since, since after week one. Hey, can I throw a grenade here though? Sure. Do we also to take some of the pressure off the defense, which has been inefficient looking, especially particularly back to that Chicago bears game. 
Do we also have to place a quite a bit amount of blame on the offense who were not able to score and push it down, therefore allowing the defense to be on the field more and therefore allowing more of those points? I mean, I think that gets lost in the shuffle a little bit too. Like what happened there that all of a sudden the offense wasn't able to produce putting the defense out there on the field more often. I mean, there's something talk amongst yourselves about that. Hundred, hundred percent. It would be helpful if the offense wouldn't have these moments in the second half where they're not nearly as good as they were in the first half. And I think some of that just goes back to KOC learning the game, learning how to call the game, learning how to adjust to the other team's adjustments. I agree with that. But at some point, your defense is going to have to step up and win you games, which to their credit, they have. But they haven't played maybe the best teams in the NFC or the Mm -hmm. NFL and the one team that they did. They got the doors blown off on Monday night at Philadelphia. Yes, the offense needs to be better, but I I still think the defense needs to step up and not allow huge chunk play after chunk play. Yeah, a a thousand percent. And until the Vikings have the the trump card outside cornerback, there's going to be days like these. Right. Like they're going to get mama did say that say that there would be mama did say that. Way to go, Jesse. And so did, step, so, so did the stepdad, too, that asked that question earlier. Stepdad, your step, Ross's stepdad. Ross's stepdad. <laughs> My new stepdad. My new stepdad. Do we got one more? I got one. I, yep, I got one more for you, and we'll make it quick. This is from Tim Forcian on the YouTube machine. Cook hasn't been getting enough touches for him to get cooking. He needs at least 15 to 25 touches per game. Get him rolling and put Jalen Rager in the backfield. And Kenne Nwangu, oh, those boys can fly. Do we need to feed Cook more? Or do you like the split that we've seen at the beginning of the year, which I think we've all talked about is designed to keep him healthy into the season, later I, into the season? I, I I like the split that, that we're getting. I mean, like, the as far as the rushing touches, I, I don't disagree with that. But in terms of the, the usage on the field, I still want the passing down work going to Alexander Madison. He's a better pass blocker, arguably a better receiver. And it gives the, at this point, and it gives Delvin Cook a a chance to rest. And we saw last week when the the snaps were, I think they were roughly 60, 40. They might've even been 50, 55, 45. That's the the most explosive that Delvin looked at the age that he's at now. You you don't want him gassing him out early in, in some of these games when you might need him to, to ice them at the end of it. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. I like the split. I enjoy it. I think, again, we've talked about it on multiple episodes. Alexander Madison, a very capable uh, uh, player. Excuse me. Oh, my. I was going to call him a goaltender for some reason. Guys, I'm losing my mind. Again, Minnesota. <laughs> you, Wild you, got your, yeah, you got your first wild game tonight. It's understandable. It's also. He I get is better a... with a child distracting me than I am doing right now with this hockey game going well, on. Well, Madison's also interesting because he is a backup, but I mm-hmm. don't think any of us are naive enough to think he won't be starting for somebody else next year. Yeah. So he, he's True. he's a good player. I like it. Well, those are good comments. You guys rock for dropping your comments, engaging, interacting, even poking fun at us. We love it. We love the engagement because, again, this is before we die on Purple Daily and Score North. Uh, Let's wrap it up as we do every single episode with a couple before we dies. Ross, why don't you? Time now for the Before We Die crew to give us their Before We Dies. Well, I'll just tell you before we die, I won't cut you off when I play that open. That's all right. We're learning. We're We're getting there. Before we die, I won't cut you off. And I was thinking about this. Vikings play the Dolphins. Miami Dolphins have shown up in a couple of movies, right? Ace Ventura, 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, what's the one with uh, Brett Favre? Why am I blanking? Brett Favre. That's all we need, though, really. Okay. There the is one about other... stealing welfare from the people of Mississippi? Or... <laughs> let's, let's not go there right now. <laughs> Uh, before we die, the Minnesota Vikings will be uh, kind of themed in a movie. And I know they were. There was that Tom Clancy one where the Vikings were in the Super Bowl, which is insert jokes there about the Vikings and one-time oh, almost owner of the Minnesota Vikings, Tom Clancy. But the Minnesota Vikings will be in a or mildly featured in a comedy film before we die. I can kind of go off that because I was going to say this one last week and I did. it was when we were playing Detroit. Um, I was going to toss this out that before we die, the Minnesota Vikings are going to be a hard knocks feature. I think I could see it even like next season, right? I just, you've got this new young head coach. You've got Justin Jefferson. Why the heck not put them on HBO, get them on hard knocks. That's my, before we die, you will see the Minnesota Vikings as a uh, selected team for HBO's hard knocks. Uh, My before we die is we're going to get a a Minnesota trifecta this weekend. The the wild are going to win the opener tonight. I don't even know who they're playing, but it's going to (laughs) happen. And then the Gophers. I have to teach you better, Thor. I apologize. We didn't get in our fantasy hockey this year either. It's yeah. Yeah. Who are they playing? Like the Rangers or something? The New York, the Rangers of New York. Yes. Wait, are they really? They really are. Yeah. Okay. That was a, that was a total get. Okay. (laughs) Awesome. We're going to beat the Rangers. Um, uh, then Illinois, the, the Gophers are playing them. They're gonna they're gonna beat Illinois. Got like half the raw. It's like the Dolphin thing. And then the Vikings are gonna beat the Dolphins. I support it. I I like that. This is uh, a kind of de facto Big Ten West elimination game for the Gophers. They need to win it. So I I like your positivity there, Thor. I Love like it. it. Always positivity. Again, I'm Jesse Pierce. He's Ross Brundle. He's Thor Nystrom. This is Purple Dailies Before We Die on Score North. Vikings episodes every single Monday and Thursday. Uh, as always, we appreciate you guys checking us out. Check out all the other Purple Daily content for all your Vikings news, positivity, and negativity. Judd. Uh, and me sometimes, too. Sorry. And, yeah, you uh, Packers fan. I'm wearing green today. I'm, I apologize. <laughs> it's a wild green, all right? Well, let's take it easy. Um, yeah, you guys rock. Keep uh, keep checking us out. Keep chatting. And we'll see you on Monday. Go Vikes. Let's go Vikings. For nine years, a dangerous man terrorized women, breaking into homes and raping his victims before killing a brilliant young scientist in 1998. The more the victims resisted, the more violent he became. Then he suddenly stops, leaving police with a lot of clues and one unknown subject. I'm Paul Wagner. Join me for Unknown Subject, season three of WTOP's American Nightmare podcast series. Search American Nightmare podcast on all podcast platforms today.